So you know, the Bible speaks about melodies from the heart. And I love it, you know. Um, when you visit some churches out further north of Africa, you hear things like melodies from the heart. Lift you high, glorify your holy name. We bow before your. We glorify God. We glorify your holy name. We bow before your. Because there's no one like you. There is no one like you, Jesus. There is no one like you, Jesus. There's nothing on this earth, Father, that can ever compare to what you and how you fill us up. How your love fill us up, Lord. Oh, we receive your love this morning, Jesus. We receive your love this morning, God. Bless your name, worship you, King of kings, King of all the earth, King of every nation. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord of lords, you are King of kings, that God, you are sovereign over everything. Lord, that there is nothing in this world that ever surprises you. You are fully in control, always faithful. You know, we sang a song earlier that Jesus is coming, and we're waiting for His coming, but let me say to you this morning that the kingdom of God comes now. You don't have to wait for the day of glory to receive the glory of God. The glory of God is all around you. It's right here. 
And so even though we wait for that day when He appears, we expect Him now because He comes now like He's doing right now. That's why, Father, we glorify Your name. We lift Your holy name. Oh, you see, He inhabits the praises of His people. That's where He dwells. That's where He lives. If you're going through tough times this morning, just begin to praise God from your heart. Just begin to sing the song from your heart. You don't even need to open your mouth. The heart sings to the Lord. The heart declares to the Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, we look upon your face, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. Nothing like you, Jesus. Nothing like the love of Jesus. Because there's nothing that will separate you from the love of God. Absolutely nothing, Paul says, that will separate you from His love. He's always near. He's always near. He's always near. He's always near. Thank you, Jesus. So I have this, I have this verse on my heart this morning as I walked in. And particularly in the, the season, I know it's a season you can take your seat quickly. And uh, they say it's a season of uh, festivities and, you know, season of joy. But I know the reality of many that don't see the season as a season of joy. Many are lonely, many are broken, and maybe because something has happened during the season in the past, or maybe your family's not with you, or maybe you just, you know, you're just in a very um, dark space. It's okay to admit that you're in a dark space. In fact, just read the book of Psalms, <laughs> and you'll see David, the worshiper, was always being very vulnerable and transparent with the Lord. But look at what David writes in Psalm 91. He says, He or she that dwells in the shelter of the Most High. He goes and he says, will rest. Oh, Lord. Many are asking for rest. You know, it says in this um, verse that you will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, the shelter of the Most High. And I, I can tell you now, when you lift up Jesus in your home, you know, when you're feeling you're in a dark space, in a lonely space, begin to worship the Lord. Put some music on. Okay? If you don't have, uh, I can connect you with a DJ in the house. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to give names away. <laughs> but honestly, you put some worship on, you begin to worship the Lord. When you well in the shelter of the Most High. So many times we put other things high up in our lives and we make other gods, you know, without knowing. And we lift them. And then these things disappoint us. They can't give us joy and they can't give us peace. But when you make the Lord the Most High, you lift Him. That's when you dwell in the shelter of His. And then it says the shadow, eh? Of His glory. Oh, man I don't know you know I saw 
long every day that I can just experience this glory. And it sounds weird because you probably think I'm loony or what. But I tell you, even in the home, I pray, Lord, show us your glory. Because sometimes the home can become quite difficult. Eh? When you go out during the season, you might end up at parties and places where it can be difficult. Yeah. And I tell you, you've got to live in the shelter. Walk in it every day. The awareness of His presence wherever you go. Wherever you go. doesn't matter where you are. In the restaurant, having a cup of coffee, or at a party, or work in of your party. You know, wherever you go, you can walk and live in the shelter of the Almighty. And then you find rest. So, Father, I pray for rest this morning. Thank you for your peace that is here, Lord. Whoever walked into this place, God, I know they will live with your peace and your rest. Let them dwell continually in the shelter of your presence. In Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. It's good to have you here. Thank you, worship team. Um, this time of the year, as you can see, we have many that go camping and we, we celebrate with them. I camped with a few of you. Um, yeah, it gives me a fun glamper, you know. So if you invite me next time, um, just make sure there's electricity. <laughs> no, no, no. Mr. B still trying to get me to that, uh, what's it place name? What's it? Beaverlack. Yeah, that seems to be the place, eh? Yeah, but uh, I was warned. I was warned um, when you go there, there's no electricity. I don't know about the, the ablutions and, you know, I'm not sure. But um, so I know many have gone on, on holiday. And um, we just want to, again, just thank the worship guys that are around, that are here. You know, this is what I love But Father's us. We don't have to put on a show. Come on. We're just who we are. If we have one person here on the guitar, that's who we are. So, and, and those that are, are gone, we don't make them feel guilty either. In fact, please go rest. Have a break. Um, enjoy, enjoy your family. You know, it's important. Um, so let me get to the script. <laughs> for those that are here for the first time, um, if you can just show me by the show of hands, we'd love to give you something and to welcome you to the Father, uh, Father's house. Anybody here for the first time this morning? Maybe you'll get, welcome. Yes, welcome. We, we'll get you something there. Anyone else? Is a hand here as well. Welcome. Good to have you. Bertram, there's another one there, there, yeah. And right at the back there, let's just welcome them, church. We pray that you have an awesome time, that you'll have an awesome time with us. So um, we always celebrate birthdays, and I was surprised. I walked in this morning, I looked at the list, I thought, this is the shortest list I've ever seen in this church. What happens in December, nine months ago? <laughs> let's... Okay, here we go. We've got Dal Donnelly. Oh, so if you don't know who Dal is, Dal is just right at the back there. And um, she's, she watches online still, she told me. But um, unfortunately, Dal, so if you're there, we love you. We miss you. We know you can't be here this morning, but happy birthday. D uh, Daniel Abrams, happy birthday to you. Dion Huge. 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 Hages. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Dion, oh, is Dion here? I'm going to apologize. He's not here. Okay, Dion, if you're watching, sorry. <laughs> and then Shirley Chetty. 
Um, I don't know if Shirley's here, but happy birthday to you. I'm going to do something special. Pete, remember this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to all of you. There we go. Happy birthday to you. I remember the days when Pete used to sing happy birthday every Sunday. And um, remember the names. Yeah. But, okay, I'm reading. <laughs> okay, next week, Monday. Just remember, church, on Sunday, the 24th, there is no service. So please spend time with your family. Have a nice, a nice day for a picnic or something. Um, just watch out for Camps Bay okay. um, and for the Joburgers. But otherwise, um, uh, if you do come, Marlon said he'll meet you here. We are here on Monday morning. Okay, Monday morning, the 25th of December. I also just want to say, um, on that day, there won't be corporate prayer. Okay, so, the, so opposite, we won't be having our normal corporate prayer. But um, obviously, the following week, am I right, um, Christy, we will continue again at opposite the corporate prayer. And that's Sunday the 31st. So once again, we're having a, a Sunday morning service at 9 a.m., not an evening, New Year's Eve service, and definitely not a 1st of December service, okay? So, oh, sorry, 1st of Jan. Yeah. So don't come, please, but the 31st we are here. And then um, the church office is officially closed, but it will reopen on Monday the 8th. But I do just want to say, um, unfortunately, my phone has died. I know. And Telcom, I'm still waiting for Telcom. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, there are uh, two numbers for pastoral care, and we'll arrange just to kind of, so you can, if you need to get a hold of me, okay. we'll work it out, Bertram. I might need your help there. But um, there is pastoral care. Please, if you do need help, shout. Um, I know a lot of people are away, but if you need help during this time. In fact, can I just, this is now in the last minute. Steph, don't you want to just come share quickly about that grief share coming up? Quickly. No, you, you, when was it? No, no, the, the other two that you sent me? Oh. Do you remember the dates? Just like, okay, let's explain a little bit about what it is, and then we'll send the dates out. Sorry, so Grief Share is a 13-week um, like workshop seminar. You get a workbook, you attend, there's a video thing, um, and then there's a group that you have a discussion with. So Grief Share is for those who've lost somebody that they're still mourning. Um, and what I love about Grief Share is it gives you the tools, really, really practical suggestions on what to do and how to cope. So um, I sent it to Tim, yeah. We will send it out, Bertram. <laughs> we'll send it out. If you if you want more information about that, please just leave your details with us. If we don't have it, but it, it is really a good thing. And I think this time of the year, I think it's important that we do call for help when you need help. Amen. Without further ado, I have a very special guest speaker this morning, all the way from the United States of Durbanville. <laughs> Can we just welcome Marlon as she shares the word this morning? United States of Birmingham. Oh, you didn't pray for them. You can pray for them. Oh, woo! 
It's a lot of money in there, Yongyo. So, Lord, we just say thank you for your provision, um, that you are in everything, and everything that we have is for your glory, Lord. So we just um, ask that we'd use this to just continue to extend your kingdom. Um, thank you for um, your faithfulness, Lord Father God, and that um, our people are faithful and that you are faithful in everything, Lord. We pray and ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, morning, everyone. Hello. Um, for those of you, um, I had a few compliments on my haircuts. I just want to, I just want to say thank you to. Um, he's not right here now. He's in Shine. One of the youth kids. Um, this is the type of trust I have in them. Bless them, man. Come on, somebody. Um, they spent time cutting my hair this week. Um, so this is all because of Taden. He's next door. And when you see him, just give him a bless him. <laughs> you know? um, I won't lie. I was very nervous. I was very nervous. Um, as I was cutting, I was praying. Um, just Lord intervene. Um, but he did a good job. So I'm so thankful. Eh? So if you want a haircut, go speak to him, man. He will organize for you. No? Um, he will organize for you. Just tell him I sent you. Maybe you get another discount. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, it's really good being here this morning. Um, and I hope you are feeling good being here this morning as well. Um, before anything, I, I do just want to say, um, it's always, I'm nervous when I'm up here a lot of the time. You can't see it now, no? But if you come closer, fame poop cheese. <laughs> Very nervous. Don't come too close. Very nervous. Um, but the beauty um, of today is, I just believe, um, even this week as I was prepping, um, I believe God is going to do something this morning. And I really just want to encourage you to, um, to just hear um, you're going to journey with me. There might be a lot, and sometimes it might be a little, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, we go with it. But um, I've entitled today, um, All for Good, He's Good. Um, Tim has um, echoed a few things this morning about the season that we're in and the difficulties that we face. But uh, I'm just amazed at the goodness of God in everything, eh? Um, I know we've been through a lot the past few years, but man, has God been faithful, eh? And has he been good? So um, today it's more just about his goodness. Um, and I want to share a bit of stories, and then I want to just share um, a bit of some of the things that I've looked at. And we're just going to spend time together, um, and we'll see what the Lord do. Is that okay? Yeah, so let's do it. So I just want to pray, and then let's get into it, man. So Lord, I just say thank you that you are a good God. Thank you that in everything you are faithful. Thank you that even when we don't know what to do, you've directed our paths already. Even when we don't have even the questions to ask, you are there, Lord Father God. So this morning, I just pray that your will be done. Come and invade the space this morning, Lord. Do what only you can do. Move like never before. We pray and ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So um, I just quickly want to read a portion of scripture, and then um, we'll put it on pause, and then we'll go back. But if you've got your Bibles, if you can go to Genesis, um, for those of you who don't know, that's the first book of the Bible. <laughs> you know, um, it's found in the Old Testament. Um, so Genesis, um, all the way to chapter fifty, and um, we're going to read from verse fifteen. Um, like I said, we're just going to give a quick read, and then we'll get back to it. But um, I'll explain why, but let's quickly just read it. Um, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, 
What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? They sent this word to Joseph saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they have committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When the message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intend to harm me, but God intended it all for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I just want to pause, and we're going to obviously go back there, but I want to let you know that many times in life, there are situations, troubles, and circumstances that actually shape our identity. So a lot of us feel um, experience loss or grief, and that shapes who we are. Some of us even um, experience only the good things, and then we equate that towards our identity. Some of us might become so work-driven that even that becomes our identity. I've always been reminded for the past few years um, in my life that even ministry can be something that shapes our identity. And that can be very dangerous. So, in today's hardships and trouble, you see, things happen that causes us to shift our identity. And that's really what I, what I want to look at about today. And I say this because a few weeks ago at youth, um, something really broke my heart. And I, I'm sharing this with you because I want, to, I want you to understand that speaking about this is not simply just because it's nice, but it's, it's real, you know. Um, so a few weeks ago in, in youth, um, two of our youth kids just had an incident, um, nothing bad or anything, but what really broke my heart is that there were certain things happening in their life that just became a build-up, right? And you know once everything starts to build up, and then someone says one thing, and then you pop, right? And that's what happened here. But you see, that's not what I want to focus on. What I really want to focus on, what happens after that, man? So I'm walking there, and the very first thing that happens when they see me is they start apologizing. And I'm just thinking, okay, let's go with this. Me too, me too. <laughs> you know, this is interesting. But then what breaks my heart even more is when they start sharing what they're feeling. Things have been so hectic. I've been drowned. And all that they could do was think of the other person. I'm really sorry, Martin. I didn't want to do this. I didn't. How is the other person? You see, when your heart starts to break for something and when you've built up an identity that is not in Christ, things kind of break you down. So when someone says something, you lose it because you don't know how you're anchored or where you are rooted in. So my heart broke because here is young people struggling with just that. Who are they in Christ? 
But it's not just young people, even us today, right? I remember there are moments in my life where I had to ask myself that same question. Who am I in Christ? Now, I could have defined it by work. I could have defined it by the passion. But I can tell you, hey, there's nothing that can define your identity like Christ. He's the author. He's the one that designed. He's the one that made. So when you're wanting to know who you are, it's best that you get to know who he is. You know? So hardships, troubles, and temptation, they kind of tackle three areas in your life. All right? And I've kind of written down this for you, for those of you who kind of likes the visual. Um, Hardships, lonely, and please note, I am labeling it very broad, but I want to put a disclaimer here. Hardships can be the loneliness that you feel, could be the depression that you experience, could be the lack of intimacy that you feel. All right? All of those are brushed under there for now. But hardships, troubles, and temptations kind of tax these three areas. Number one, your identity. Number two, your calling. And also God's word and character. Now, that last one really hit me hard when preparing is simply because, you see, we know that we are made in his image. But if someone says, listen, the way you act is, uh, did God really make you that way? You know, it's kind of going against the insurance that God has given you. In the same way, when we read scripture where he says that you are wonderfully and fearfully made, if someone comes against that, they are actually coming up against what God is saying about you. So it is important that we understand that God's word and character, when people start attacking that, you can be shaken. That is true, right? So... um, Obviously, looking at all of this, I've been thinking, so how do I best describe all of this through one person's life? So I've been praying and reading, and um, two people came to mind, but there's one that stood out, and um, this is going to be the teaching with a bit of homework. Go read Ruth. I think Ruth is a brilliant example about, number one, identity and how God shifted identity for his good. And then through his goodness, he basically brought nations, right? Come on, what more can I say about that? But there's another guy that I really want us to kind of look at quickly. Um, And again, we're going to go back to the scripture where all of this kind of makes sense again. And we're going to look at that of Joseph, obviously. I mean... This guy, he experienced some stuff, right? There are so many stories that I'm going to get into it. And what I'm going to do, I'm not going to go there. I'm I'm actually just going to give it to you. So what I did was I said, if you want to really know what hardships, temptation, troubles, crisis looks like, you need to read the story of Joseph. And what I've done for you is I've kind of said, if you go from Genesis 37 all the way to 50, now, um, we're only here to help us now, so <laughs> I'll give the summary. Is that okay? <laughs> but do yourself a favor. Um, if you have time, go and read that. I think it's going to change everything for you. And the reason why I also want to leave that with you is because if you go back this week and you read the same scripture that we're going to be reading, it's going to make a lot more sense to you. There's going to be a picture that you've never seen. And you're going to find revelation like you've never seen it before. But you need the context, right? 
So um, I'm going to highlight some of this context for you. But again, I want to encourage you, please, take some time to read it. Learn about Joseph's life because the hardships is there. The temptations are there. There's crisis management. It's also there. By the way, things he lost is also there. So what I've done is I've kind of given a highlight of all of these quickly. Um, And I just want to echo a few things before I go and some of the stuff that stood out for me. So what I really love about the story of Joseph is from the very beginning, if you read it from start, you've actually realized that he knew he was destined from good things from a young age. Oh, how beautiful is that, right? Um, Because it reminds me that parents you're able to speak what God has called out in your kid. And that's a beautiful thing. So parents, I want to encourage you, speak out what God has called over them from a young age already. So here's this guy, Joseph, he knows, and he's been getting dreams, and he's seeing things, and he knows, hey, I'm destined for greatness, right? And that's how we feel. Then, obviously, he gets into a bit of trouble, all right? All of a sudden, there's some sibling rivalry going down. Um, He gets, well, they plan to kill him, but then he gets sold as a slave. I mean, I don't know about you. I only got one sibling, so I feel like we're fine. (laughs) But I feel like if I had that many, it would be an option, (laughs) you know, now and then. Um, There's also um, temptation of lust and ice. Um, Apparently, he was a young handsome man. I say apparently because that's what they say. <laughs> we don't know. Um, he was wanted by someone. Um, and this lady made way. And she went out of her way to make sure that she can get him. But guess what, man? He was focused, eh? He was rooted. And all that he did was look to Jesus most of the times, man. That's really beautiful. So there's a bit of that. So for those of you who missed days of our lives, you must read there. Uh, I'm sure you'll love it there. Um, also, there's a part that um, he's blessed with wisdom in terms of interpreting dreams. So he comes along and no one else, not the guys who are intellectually well, everything can interpret dreams, but here he comes. By the way, before that, he was even thrown in prison. All right. Um, then he comes, interprets dreams. He then gets a promotion because he could interpret the dreams. Um, Pharaoh then gives him all these rights and all these ranks. Um, and then here comes the beauty. He starts learning all of these things. And then there's a food crisis that hits them. And then he manages it really well. Um, he takes care of the poverty. Um, so this guy becomes a something man after he was a nothing though. All right. And it goes on. And then it comes back to dealing with his brothers. Now, remember, these are the same guys that wanted him dead, that sold him off and wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. Um, The encouraging part, though, is that God revealed the dreams, how he ought to respond, but also what God wants him to do, man. So there's there's this importance of him and God always in relation with one another so that he can hear what God is requiring of him and then he's acting out in faith what he needs to do, which is also quite important. So, again, I don't want to go through all of it, but I want to encourage you, right? Genesis 30 to 50, it's amazing chapters to read because there's a lot in it, but it's going to tie 
to what we are saying. So if you look at that, and if you look at all of those stories, right, three things were attacked in Joseph's life. His identity, his calling, and God's word and character. I just want to let you know nothing in terms of the context there has changed today. The lives we live today, there are three things that we are still being attacked with. It's our identity in Jesus, it's our calling, and it's God's word and character. And his word and character even more so now than ever before. So technically, nothing new under the sun, but there's a response that's required that we need to get into as well. So before we get there quickly, um, let me go through this. So through all the trials and all these tribulations, right, um, and every temptation that came, Joseph's character was also tested, right? But his identity was tested from the very beginning until the end. Um, so I want to let you know quickly, struggling with identity, hardships, God's calling on your life. Listen, your response is to be rooted in who he is. That is your first response amongst everything. Being rooted to what he is. So let's quickly read that Genesis 50 again um, from verse 15. And then I want to highlight a few things because now it's going to give you a bit of context, right? So again, if you read everything, you're going to see that the small portion paints the biggest picture that you will ever see. But I only want to highlight one thing um, throughout that I do believe that God is calling us um, for now for this season. But let's quickly just read it again, and um, I want to echo a few things there. So um, Genesis 50, and we will read from verse 15. So when Joseph saw, um, when Joseph's brothers saw that the father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Someone opposed there. Can you see already the brothers anticipated that they aren't worth? Already they anticipated that, listen, there might be a payback here because of what we did. And the beauty here is Jesus does the opposite, man. He actually saves them. He actually brings them to him, and then he restores the family. So for those of you, I want to let you know quickly just based on that, restoration in your family can happen through Christ. So whatever your family has been going through, whether it be for years, whether it be for months, restoration can happen through Christ. Then it goes on to say, they sent word to Joseph, to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you say to him. I will ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they've committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of God, your father. When the messenger came to him, Joseph wept. I just want to brush this one brush, man. Listen, the sins of our fathers or those of past, it is okay if we stand in the gap for it. Sometimes it just means you need to go to that uncle and that aunt and just be like, listen, yet I am. This is who I am. And just let God do the rest. You see, here the brothers tried to get forgiveness by buying it through the Father. Where Jesus is like, hey, just come to me and I freely give. 
So in the same way, when it comes to a time like this for family, you see, your family situation is not so, for lack of a better word, is not so deep that God cannot get to the root of it. Does that make sense, guys? Families can be restored because the identity and the heart of a family is, is rooted in who Christ is. That's who he is. All right. And again, if you read the previous chapters, right, all the way from 30 to 50, you'll see lots of things happen. I mean, even Joseph, by the way, he tries to manipulate them at some point. They don't recognize him because of the growth, so he kind of makes his own maneuver there. And you can see how that turned out. It wasn't the best, but there are certain things that God did there that is important to note. So again, if anything, please be encouraged to go read the word, man, you know, because it's going to be good. And then it says, his brothers came and threw themselves before him. We are your slaves. I'm always reminded about the story of the prodigal son when it comes to this terminology because I don't know. Maybe it's a mindset change that needs to happen. But coming to Christ, whether you're coming back or whether you are lost or whether you're coming to him for the first time, please note we should not come to him with a slave mentality because he calls us sons and daughters. And it's funny because whenever we return, our automatic response is maybe I should just work for the Lord. You know, maybe I should make things right in terms of doing works and not coming out of space of love or redemption. So I want to say this again. Your place when you are journeying with the Father and your identity is never a place of a slave. You are not a servant in his eyes. Yes, we have servant qualities, which is very different, right, to being a servant. But your identity is that you are a son and a daughter in him. Another thing that they do is, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I am in the place of God. I love, there's another translation. I cannot remember which one it is, but it says, um, do not be afraid. I am not God. He's the one that forgives. And I'm just like, yo, imagine people coming back to you for reconciliation. And your words to them is, yes, I forgive you, but don't you worry about our grievances. Because the Lord takes care of that, man. Welcome back. Nice to see you again. Imagine that's your response instead of, but listen, you owe me still, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The thousand rand. <laughs> you know? It's a lot of money, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, imagine that is our response. Our response is actually, the Lord took care of it. I'm here to love you. Because that's what he does. Another thing I want to show you is, is um, and this is probably my favorite part or portion of this bigger picture of the scripture, which is what today is entitled as well. It says here from verse 20, you intended, harm, um, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I want to break this up into two quickly. Listen, I don't know about you, but I've never met someone who has never gone through hard times, right? 
if you are that person, please come and see me. would love to know what you're doing <laughs> because it's amazing. But there has been hardships. Nowhere does it say we won't have hardships. But the beauty of the hardships is that the intention is for God's good. And I know it's a difficult pill to swallow because there's a lot of things you can throw at me and be like, hey, but like, is this meant for good? And do you know what? To not stir anything, my automatic response is yes, because that's what he says. You see, you trying to attack God's character and his word? Nah, man. He says it's for good. And so what we tend to forget is that good also means there's healing. Good also means there's forgiveness. Good also means that he will restore. You see, we tend to forget those parts, right? Um, so I'm going to leave that with you, but I want to go further. What you've been done, the saving of many. If you read Joseph's life and what he's done, many came to know Christ. And it's actually a promise that was fulfilled when God spoke to Abraham, by the way. So if you read a bit more, you will see how this links all the way through to a generation even before him. And the beauty is that the saving of many lives, listen, everything God does is for his good, which means everything he does is for everyone, man. And it was very difficult for me to understand that. And it still is sometimes, simply because the, the reasoning, I would say, is always, but why must I go through it, man? Couldn't you use someone else? But then I've actually realized, but Marlon, God has placed you in a position of influence, and you've got a sphere of people that he needs you to connect with. Someone else does not have that influence or the sphere of connection. So how can he use someone else in that moment when you are the one? Also keeping in mind, I am also the one that said, yes, Lord, use me, right? Yeah. Let's not forget that part, right? That, that, like, that's important. Um, so 21, so then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. What I love about restoration in this context is that Joseph actually became a blessing. How many times don't we have things in our family, in our friendship groups, or where we struggle, and ah, we tend to make right, but we just do the bare minimum. Because we remember, oh, last time, you know, that happened, and then it created this. Where Joseph literally says, don't be afraid. Not only will he provide for them, meaning the brothers and the family, but also their children. What a guy, hey? What a guy. And that really is the heart of God. So when many will be saved, it's actually God is calling all of us to play this small part in the bigger picture for the kingdom that's now. So again, if you read Genesis 15 isolation, it, you don't get the full picture. It doesn't make sense to you, right? But if you start seeing how this interlocks and how it plays out in the bigger scheme of things, this just gets you fired up, man. 
this just gets you one to kind of, I almost want to pray more, man. <laughs> you know, just be that guy. So, some points to consider quickly. And this is where I also want to go. Works doesn't equal God's love. God's heart is always for forgiveness. God's identity in people is greater than the view you have of them. And also, God's plan is always greater than what you can see. And then, most probably the most important one, I think, the goodness of God is for others also. So, your identity is not in the crisis that you underwent. Your identity is in Christ. So, if you are struggling with anything, whether it be family, whether it be who you are, whether it be what you will provide for your family, or whether things aren't going so well in your extended family, or whether through this Christmas season you will be alone and you don't know what to feel, or if you don't even know what to feel. I want to encourage you with the following. And again, um, I'm always reminded of that verse 21a or verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish now what is being done, the saving of many lives. Just to echo this, that his plan is for everything. I've made a note of a few other portions of scripture. Romans 8, 28. We all, um, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 1 Corinthians 12.6, um, these are the varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things is in all persons. And then Ephesians 4 and 6, one God and Father of all who over all and through all and in all. It's a lot of alls. <laughs> but um, I want to end off by saying this. On Tuesday evening, and this is my encouragement, especially um, Tim was alluding to it earlier on, especially for those who are feeling alone during this time or struggling with depression or anything like that. Um, again, this week, my heart was torn again. Um, it was about after 8 on a Tuesday evening. Um, I just picked up my cousin, actually, because we were going to chill and hang out. Um, and I had a phone call from one of our youth kids. And all the phone call, as I answered, um, well, it was first a message, sorry. Let me get my story straight. It was first a message. It's like, hey, Marlon, can you talk? It's urgent. Now, normally, the youth guy, when you hear it's urgent, um, huh, let's rather call, right? We're not going to get anything. So I called him, asked, hey, if it's okay if I call you, because um, we're in 2023, you need to ask for permission, people. <laughs> okay? Um, so I've asked, hey, if it's okay if I call, and I did. As he answered, he was in tears, crying. And all he said to me was, I've been alone whole day, and the thoughts are getting to me. Now, he needed to say no more because my response was just, dude, we're going to hang out, so let's hang out. I want to encourage you. And again, 
young people are facing a lot of the things that even we are struggling with. I want you to know that, church. Um, you could be 8, 18, or 80, and your identity could still be something that you are battling with. You could be 8, 18, or 80, and still feel lonely. What I was so encouraged about by this young person is that he took the first step because he reached out. He reached out because he knew that was not who I am. That's not what I'm meant for. And that is my challenge for you today. How many of us are willing to step out? How many of us are actually willing to go, if my identity is rooted in Christ, these things that I'm feeling experience, it's not part of my nature. And I should change. And I should get help. And I should reach out. That's why I know we joke about these things, but that's why I love announcing that healing streams is there. Prayer is there. Um, counseling is there because these are tools and things to help us realize the identity we have in Christ, who we are. So to be grounded in that identity, and um, I might call Tim up um, yeah, as well quickly, um, but just three pointers. How can you be grounded in that identity? So if you've read the whole story of Joseph, I've learned three things. The first thing I've learned is that I need to know that you are, well, that we are loved. Being secured in God's love is very important. Joseph was so secured in God's love, even being thrown in jail didn't matter to him. Being sold as a slave didn't matter to him. When temptation came, he was so secure in who Christ is, he could literally go the other way. That's how secure he was. And that's the type of um, security or secureness. I don't know if that's a word now, but it's now a word. <laughs> um, that secureness is what I want. Another thing I've learned is that he was always trusting in God's word, God's integrity. A lot of the times, again, people are always wanting to challenge the integrity of God. He was so secure in what the Lord said that he wasn't moved by it. That's what I'm encouraged by. So if someone comes to me and is like, hey, you bitter, I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not. And that won't, you know, it won't shake me. It won't move me. Um, another thing that I've all, that I've been so encouraged about is the last one, is drawing on the spirit. Um, throughout all of that, <laughs> he was always surrounded and always in prayer with Christ. He was seeking God, asking God. I mean, this guy had dreams and he knew exactly what to do. Why? Because he was in a deep relational um, kind of effect with who God is. When, when he had to move, he's like, Lord, is this where I'm going? And he was like, yes. And then he went. He knew because he heard the voice and he was actively at it. So I want to encourage you. I really do. Church, the season... I know um, people lose the reason for the season. We put it there. But I do want to encourage you, man. Don't let your identity be moved by anything this season. Don't let the lack of finances influence your identity. Don't let your lack of family relation influence your identity. Because 
Yes, they can attack your identity, they can attack your calling, they can attack God's word, but if you are rooted, guess what? You'll stand. If you are rooted, no matter what comes, you are able to be anchored, man. And if you are rooted, no matter what happens any, in any form, in any way, even moving forward, know that God is working for good. And it's not just for you. It's for generations. Your children, your children's children. That's the God we serve. Stay there. <laughs> so can we just close your eyes for a moment? Is there's a um, there's a discipline, yeah, and discipline is not a bad word, <laughs> but it's a discipline that I've been trying to practice every day now, and that is just to go quiet before the Lord and to think about His love. So I'm going to ask you right now, and I know it normally takes me a few seconds or uh, you know to get there because your mind is so full of things. But just quiet down. And I'm going to sing a song. Uh, if you know it, you can sing with me. Think about His love. Think about His goodness. Think about His grace. That brought us through for as high as the heavens above so great is the measure of our father's love great is the measure of our father's love think about his love Think about His goodness. Think about His grace that brought us through. For as high as the heavens above, great is the measure of our Father's love. So great is the measure. Of our Father's love. We receive your love, God. The second discipline I've been working on. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember memory verses. Remember those things? Do you know that when you begin to memorize scripture, and when you're going through something with it's difficulty of sleeping at night, or your mind is running, this, your brain is designed that when you go into memorization to cut off everything else, because your brain can't think on two things when you're trying to activate the memory section of your brain. So I've started memorizing Colossians 3 verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ Jesus. Set your heart on things that are from above, where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. 
So right now, Father, we set our hearts on only those things that your word speaks of. We set our minds on you, Lord Jesus. I pray peace over every person. Every voice that is not yours to stop. I thank you, Lord, for your blessing this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. Was this fruit for Auckland? But that's not good. That's not bad. Sorry. <laughs> well done, Marlon. Now the Lord bless you. Lord keep you. Um, do those two things. And thank you, Marlon. Um, it's some really good things. We should probably send it out there. Eh? But do those two things. And um, next week, we will be here. Monday, yeah, I'm really lucky. <laughs> Monday, right? Monday. Otherwise, I'll see you on Camp Space Sunday. <laughs> but have an awesome week, and uh, we'll see you on Christmas Day. Amen. <laughs>